0: Well, good morning. Once again, it's good to see you as we celebrate Christmas Eve and want to thank Shelby and the uh, young people for sharing the Christmas story. And if uh, lots of things go on behind the scenes, and as many of you notice, or know, I should say, there's been lots of sickness going around, uh, Helena, and... uh, and I'm sure other places too, and so I graciously offered my assistance in helping in any way that I could, and I know uh, Mary was fighting sickness, and I thought uh, I probably couldn't help out there, Um, but uh, the shepherds, but evidently I wasn't fast enough to be one of the shepherds, but then uh, I said, they said, I know one of the wise men got sick, and I said, well, I could help out as one of the wise men, and, and Shelby said, you know, John, that's just not a good fit. So uh, anyway, I, I didn't get a help, so I get to come now and, uh, and share with you, and I trust that you'll be encouraged by God's Word as we continue to look at the book of Luke and look at the story. Of a man named Simeon. Before we do that, uh, I know you've been praying for Dick Reese, and I need to let you know that last night, Dick Reese went to celebrate Christmas with his Savior. And so uh, we need to continue to pray for Janine and the family, and the family would like to thank you for uh, your prayers and your love toward them. And uh, they were praying as he battled this cancer that it would go quickly if the Lord was planning to take him, and God answered that prayer. And so we need to continue to pray for the Reese family. Uh, Let's pray and ask for his blessing upon God's word as well as his comfort and strength to Janine and the family. Father, as we come before you this morning, we are grateful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the Reese family. We thank you for Dick and his many years of serving and loving you. Lord, we pray that you would just give comfort and peace and strength to Janine and and the rest of his family. Lord, just gird them up. Lord, we pray as we look at your word this morning that we may be challenged and encouraged by your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm sure that you, like me, enjoy a baby dedication, the couple that's celebrating the miraculous gift of life and committing themselves to the responsibility of raising their child to the best of their ability, as we celebrate a dedication, the church family celebrating with them and committing to stand with and to encourage the couple as they raise the child this morning's passage of Luke we find one of the strangest baby dedications recorded it happened at the temple 40 days after Jesus was born let's begin with a little bit of a background we stopped at verse 20 last week celebrating the sh- story of the shepherds beginning in verse 21 of Luke chapter 2 it says "And when eight days were completed in the circumcision of the before the circumcision of the child, His name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb, in other words, firstborn male, shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now as we prepare ourselves for the entrance of Simeon into the story, we see a little pause, in what would seem like a pause in the story, but actually it's not. We once again are able to see the godly character of Joseph and Mary. We see that Mary and Joseph demonstrated their character by following God's commands. They followed the law of circumcision in eight days, as well as presenting Jesus at the temple at the end of Mary's purification period, a, a period of 40 days where the, the mother was considered unclean, unable to enter the temple, but after that was past they would go and have a dedication at the temple and she would be considered pure again but in this we also get a glimpse of their financial situation time when they brought Jesus to the temple as the firstborn male at the dedication couples were to sacrifice a, a lamb as a burnt offering and a pigeon or turtle dove as a sin offering However, provision was made if the couple was poor, according to Leviticus 12.8, they could substitute a second pigeon or turtle dove for the lamb if they could not afford the cost of that lamb. What did Mary and Joseph do? They brought two birds. But we see that while they were poor financially, they were rich in character. But in verse 25, we're introduced to this man, Simeon. He was a minor player in the story, but while a minor player, he demonstrated major devotion to his God. If the nativity were a movie, when the credits were run, Simeon's name would race by quickly, well into the credit lines in small letters. Something like if you were going to a movie today and you were looking for the person who was the second grip, or some such position in the play or movie. Simeon seems to be hardly a blip on the screen. Even the animals seem to have a larger role than Simeon, but although he had a minor role, his character stood out like the star that illuminated the sky over Bethlehem. Beginning in verse 25, we see Simeon's character How Simeon picked the baby up and blessed God that we'll look at momentarily. The name Simeon means to hear. And we see throughout the story that Simeon was constantly listening to God's direction in his life. Three aspects of his character stand out in the passage. We see there in verse 25 that Simeon was righteous or just and devout. Being righteous or just means that he was a man of faith, and the term devout emphasizes his reverence toward God. Simeon was a man of character. While he probably would not stand out in a crowd, his character stood out in the eyes of God. Now, as people were often attracted to the external, but God is focused on the heart, This focus was brought to light in the anointing of David that was described in in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you remember the story, Saul had been taken, or the kingship was going to be taken from Saul. And Samuel was called upon to go to an area of Bethlehem to anoint a new king. Now this was... About a thousand years before the birth of Jesus Christ. But Samuel went, and as, as he went, a man named Jesse was told to bring his sons before Samuel, and one of them would be anointed the new king of Israel. Samuel brought all of his sons except the youngest, David, who was busy taking care of the sheep out in the field. But the first oldest son came before Samuel, and Samuel was amazed. Eliab was the oldest son's name, and he was a physical specimen. Samuel and the others were in awe, impressed by Eliab. They were confident, Samuel was confident that he would be the one chosen as the next king. But God had another idea. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And it's interesting, as we celebrate the Christmas story, the characters that God brought in to play the parts to be involved in the story, were definitely ordinary people. Mary and Joseph, the shepherds. In the next verses of Luke 2, we see a lady named Anna. And here we see a a man named Simeon. Not famous or powerful, but they had something much more important. They were godly. And Simeon was a godly man. He was righteous and devout. But not only was Simeon righteous and devout, we see that Simeon's hope was in God. Verse 25 tells us that Simeon waited, and this is an interesting phrase, for the consolation of Israel. Consolation means comfort, and by the way, the Israelite people would pray a prayer that involved the consolation of Israel. And that comfort that they were looking forward to God providing, and that consolation of Israel pointed to God's promise of the Messiah that he said would come. The last portion of the book of Isaiah shares the promises of God's comfort many times as it points to that consolation throughout the book of isaiah much prophecy concerning the judgment upon israel but in the midst of all that the hope the hope that could be brought by god isaiah 40 in verse 1 says comfort yes comfort my people says your god the comfort that god could bring And Simeon was looking forward to that comfort, to that promise of a Messiah who would come. While Caesar Augustus was ruling the world with an iron fist, while King Herod oppressed the Jews fearing for his job, while the religious leaders were attempting to control the situation, seeking to keep their position in power. Godly people were praying for the coming of the Messiah, for the consolation of Israel. Simeon's hope was in God alone as he recognized God was the only one who could bring comfort, the only one who could bring hope. This is the same in our lives. God is our only comfort and hope. He is the one that we can lean on. You may be here this morning and you are facing extremely difficult circumstances. God can be your comfort and hope. And God is the ultimate hope, the hope of our salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. So we see that Simeon was just or righteous and devout. His hope was in God, but we also see in, in all three of these verses, verses 25 through 27, that Simeon was connected with the Holy Spirit Verse 25 says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26 says it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. And verse 27 says he came by the Spirit into the temple. Now, you have to understand that at that time, the Holy Spirit did not permanently indwell people. That took place after Jesus Christ died and the Holy Spirit came. We read about it in the first chapters of the book of Acts. But in the times before that, the Holy Spirit would come and and direct people and be involved in, in portions of their lives. But we see that Simeon's connection with the Holy Spirit was obvious. And then, as promised by God, Simeon was allowed to meet his Messiah. We see his proclamation in verses 28 through 35. It says, he, that Simeon, took him, that's the baby Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel." And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There were some things that Simeon recognized He recognized the fulfillment of God's promise in his life because God had promised to Simeon that before he died, he would be able to see the coming of the Messiah, the one that he had been praying for. And we see in verses 29 and 30 that Simeon thanked God for fulfilling his promise that God had made to Simeon that he would be allowed to see the Messiah before he died. But we also see that Simeon recognized God's provision of salvation for the world. He pointed out the provision both for the nation of Israel and for the entire world, the provision that would be available through Jesus Christ, salvation and hope. And Simeon also recognized the importance of accepting God's gift of Jesus Christ each person's destiny would be revealed in their response to Jesus. The book of Isaiah shares the consequences of accepting or rejecting God. Rejecting God, Isaiah chapter 8 verses 14 and 15 says, he will be as a sanctuary but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. All of Israel, the north and the south, would reject God and and God would be a stumbling or a rock of offense to them. It goes on to say there in the end of verse 14, as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And 15 continues, And many among them stumble, stumble. they shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. Those who reject God will face the judgment of a holy God. But while Christ would be a stumbling block to those who reject him, he is a foundation for those who put their faith in him. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. The idea that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he is that sure foundation our hope that will not be moved. Now, the Apostle Peter wrote First and 2 Peter, and in 1 Peter, he combines those passages from Isaiah 8 and Isaiah 28 and helps us understand the importance of putting our faith in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says, "...therefore it is also contained in the Scripture..." Now he quotes from Isaiah 28 behold i lay in zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame therefore to you who believe he is precious and then he goes and he and he looks at Isaiah 8 The rejection of many. And says he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Those people that would reject Christ would be judged because their sins would be unforgiven. And their hope that is anything other than in Jesus Christ would be a hope that fails. And so we see Simeon proclaiming that Jesus Christ would bring hope. But then we see in verse 35 the end of his dedication or proclamation. And it points to the cross. Some interesting words. If you were at a, at a baby dedication, oftentimes words like from Deuteronomy chapter 6, challenging the parents to raise up the child to see and understand who God is. And the importance of living a life that would demonstrate godly character, which the child would be encouraged to follow. But this was sort of a strange dedication because Simeon talked about how some would stumble, but others would rejoice. And then in verse 35, that Mary herself would feel pain. What was Simeon talking about? Well, he was pointing to something that would take place a little over 30 years later when Jesus Christ would be on a cross and Mary would be standing in front of that cross watching her firstborn son die. That's what verse 35 points to. A very sad picture of the pain that Mary would go through, but also the ultimate picture of hope. Because it was through Jesus Christ's death on the cross that Mary, the nation of Israel, the entire world could have the hope of salvation through the forgiveness of sins available because of that sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. But they... Had the responsibility to accept that gift. What are some lessons that we can learn from the life and story of Simeon? There are many lessons we can learn from his life, even though he's mentioned just briefly in Scripture here in Luke chapter 2. But we see, like, like Simeon, I must live a life defined by godly character. He, he demonstrated a life of faith and devotion. And the world around him, although he was not famous, the world around him could see his character. We are called to live lives that demonstrate godliness, that reflect the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we're a follower of Christ, we should shine that light of hope in the way that we live. But also, like Simeon, I must prioritize God at the center of my life. Simeon was God-focused. Now, it's interesting. We're not told the age of Simeon when he met the Messiah. We're not told how long he lived before, or we're not told how long after that he lived. We're not told how long he waited from the time that God promised him. We just know that God at some time in his life promised him that he would be able to see this Messiah before he died. Was it a year, 10 years, 60 years? We don't know. But I picture Simeon being an old man about to die. And although we don't know for sure, I picture that it had been many years of waiting. However long it was, and however long after this that Simeon lived, we see a faithful servant of God. I wonder, did he travel to the temple each and every day? Wondering, I wonder, is today the day Bible doesn't say other than it says that Simeon faithfully prayed for the consolation of Israel and looked forward to God fulfilling his promise to him. So we see that Simeon was God-focused. And as each day went by, I picture him in that evening saying, All right, God, you didn't show him to me today, maybe tomorrow. Because his hope was in a faithful God, a God that he trusted. And a God that he knew would fulfill his promise, both to Simeon and to the world. You know, we like to talk about bucket lists, don't we? Things that we want to do in our life. Now, Simeon had a bucket list of one. And bucket lists, they're they're Good things, you know, maybe uh, you have a desire to, to have a successful business, to impact the lives of others. There are a lot of very good things. Maybe, maybe to travel to places and to see a place that you'd say, you know, i really like to see that. But Simeon had one thing on his bucket list. I want to see my Savior. That's a pretty good bucket list. And isn't it exciting to know that although we won't be like Simeon, able to be at the temple when the baby Jesus was dedicated, we have the hope of seeing our Savior. Because if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when your last breath on this earth is taken, you will see the Savior face to face. And Simeon, a faithful servant of God, could rejoice in his hope. And as we celebrate Christmas, we can rejoice in that same hope, the same hope of seeing our Savior. And so as we celebrate Christmas, we can celebrate the hope that Simeon was able to celebrate. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your faithfulness. Lord, we're grateful that as Almighty God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. And Lord, for people here this morning or watching online who have never come to a place in their life where they've put their faith and trust in you, Lord, may today they ask for your forgiveness. The forgiveness that brings salvation and eternal life. Lord, for each of us who have made that commitment, who have asked for that forgiveness, Lord, may we celebrate this Christmas season with joy, recognizing our hope is in you. And Lord, may you be the center of our Christmas celebration and the center of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.